Hello, my name is Nina Indis, aka Benedicta Harmon, Warden of the Wind. Uh, you are watching Point of Experience podcast with Paul Castro Jr. And I really hope that you have an amazing time listening. <laughs> As you've just wonderfully heard, we've got the spectacular Nina Indus on the Points of Experience podcast here coming up in a few seconds. Um, if you haven't played Final Fantasy 16, I just rant and rave this whole episode about why it's so good and how amazing her performance is as Benedicta, uh, the icon of wind. I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but, you know, Garuda stuff. You know, we're talking wind, summon, uh, uh, madness going on. And uh, if you're a fan of the Final Fantasy series, you'll be a little bit familiar with Garuda and all of that magic and fun that uh, comes along with uh, what we learn about Benedicta and her story. And uh, it is one of the, it's a, gosh, we're going to be really careful about spoilers here. So I'm not going to say too much. Um, in the episode, we're very spoiler conscious. We don't spoil anything. So um, you can watch this even if you haven't played the game. Uh, but it's just so exciting to talk about this game and, how much effort and work went into it by her and the rest of the cast and the team. Her scenes are truly some of the most, like, ugh, it's just so much and, and it's all over and it's so satisfying and it's one of the most rewarding uh, game experiences and I think it could be enjoyed by anybody and everybody, uh, especially if you're a fan of, of Final Fantasy or if you're a fan of, like, high fantasy medieval stuff like Game of Thrones or... Um, Assassin's Creed or um, The Last Kingdom, it definitely has that type of feel to it. Um, I've just been blown away and um, to learn about her story, getting into acting and, and pursuing a career in this and having worked on TV series like Peaky Blinders and doing uh, musical theater and, and producing her own content. Uh, it's been really crazy to, to hear her journey and all of the exciting things that are to come. Uh, and hopefully more video game stuff because this has truly been an explosion for her and I think it should only be the beginning. Uh, I, I really, really, really want to see her do more stuff. So before we get to the episode, make sure you like and subscribe and you do all that stuff. Leave a comment, rate us on all of the podcast platforms. It lets more people see it and hear it and, uh, you know, gives me a little bit of a, a push to want to keep doing these. I do them anyway, but, you know, it's always nice to be like, everybody watch and listen to this, because I'm hoping that these episodes are helpful. So um, let me know if they are. And if they aren't, you can do that too. Uh, I got thick skin. Uh, yeah, here we go. Nina Indus on the Points of Experience podcast. Enjoy. Uh, but Nina, I'm so serious. I know we were just talking about this a second ago, and I wanted to save it for the start of this podcast. I've been playing... 16 and if let me see i am a huge final fantasy fan i mean my whole room surrounded by final fantasy <gasps> memorabilia like it's it's just everywhere oh, I, wow. I, I'm a, was that yeah was that chill sephiroth no that's oh, sephiroth, no. though i could see the hair oh i see i thought yeah the hair looked similar <laughs> i need to get the 16 merch i've ordered the torgle so it's on its way Oh my god, I just received my 16 merch <gasps> in the post. You did? Yeah, and I got a statue of Ifrit and like beautiful little pins. I've got a pin of Garuda. It's amazing. Did they it's come out with a statue of Garuda yet? Uh, no, but I have inquired. Oh, I have inquired. Yes. 
so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, Statue of Garuda will come because that needs to go on my mantelpiece. But yes. yeah. Life size. What about what about one of the like you know what they had at the event? Would you would you get one of those size <laughs> of Garudas? To, to yeah, I might I might have to ask like the upstairs neighbor if it's okay. We kind of like make a hole in the ceiling so that it, <laughs> there's space for the head because it's so big. But yeah, definitely, I would I would. <laughs> that would be so cool. I'm uh, yeah. Garuda is one of my favorite summons of, of oh, all time. I was a, I played yeah. fourteen. Um, I've I mean I've played every Final Fantasy and I've beaten uh, wow. complete. I'm a completionist, but sixteen is something that I was so excited for when they first dropped those first trailers. I was blown away. I'm a huge like medieval fantasy fan. Obviously, the Game of Thrones influences and everything. And there's just so much. The thing about this game that I I was so blown away by is that. Final Fantasies notoriously have this very high fantasy JRPG, for lack of a better term, appeal to people. So there was a there was kind of an audience that existed for them. But with this game, I feel like the audience is now branched to everybody and everything because it's so much of what everyone likes. Yeah, and it feels like such an intro into the series and. Uh, getting to go to the event where I got to meet you and you were so yeah. kind and I knew that you were just a wonderful person from oh, the, the it was lovely we just started to talking. Meet you. It was lovely to meet you at the event. Oh, there was they put on such that, that event was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to to go to to experience yeah. that energy and love for a series and for the excitement for this game. And getting now to have played it, and we'll talk about this later because I want to make sure I talk about you before we get too deep into 16, Mm -hmm. Uh, but obviously it's been my gateway to knowing about you, is your performance is so exceptional, and we're going to try to avoid spoilers here, and we'll edit them out if we come across them. So I'm I'm sorry, but I'm protecting everybody (laughs) who hasn't gotten to play the game. (laughs) Uh, Your performance is so good, and it's, it's a character that exists amongst tons of phenomenal performances so the fact that you are you have such a un- and, and I don't want to talk too much yet about uh, Benedicta but the way that you position yourself to achieve your goals is so clever and it's interesting and it's compelling and the way that you convey her charm and sophistication and nuance it is um, chef's kiss it is chef's kiss Oh my god. Thank you. Oh gosh, I'm like I'm getting emotional listening to that. That is so nice of you to say. Genuinely. <laughs> it's It well, is my pleasure, seriously. I mean, you know, I have to give a lot of creds to just amazing writing. Like this character, she's so complex and so well-rounded and deep. Uh there's so much more to her that kind of meets the eye in the beginning and you know, it was such a meaty character to kind of get my teeth stuck into. So I, I have the writers to thank for that. And also, you know, you as, as you know this as well, because you're a really, really seasoned uh, voice actor, that we kind of give our... We, we give our performances in the booth and then afterwards they are the ones that piece it to piece it together with the sound yeah. design and everything. So, you know, the, the, the team is to applaud as well, you know, for, for making my performance shine. Uh, yeah. so yeah. It is a colossal group effort, and yeah. uh, a lot of people behind the scenes don't necessarily get the credit that they deserve, so I appreciate you uh, spotlighting that. But truly, I think that, and I'm sure with a game like this, I, I, I'm sure you had to be aware of how 
megalithic in terms of video game history this game is and the amount of people that were probably considered for this role and every role it it, it just goes to show how much you brought to the character um and how (laughs) just how clear your choices were and 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 how cinematic the game is and how the storytelling is really enhanced by the actors each of you bring so much flavor to these moments that could you know uh, in video game history i'm not there's been a lot of great games that have existed but this really feels like you're watching a uh an oscar or an emmy nominated television series yeah it does it really i mean it's incredibly stunning like you say so cinematic and and just yeah, the sound design, everything coming together makes it, it, it could, I think they should make a movie of this, like genuinely. Right. Um, but it's funny that you say that because uh, when I was recording, I didn't realize what it was for. Like I didn't oh, know. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know what I was recording. So <laughs> I had no idea, you know, about the the scope of the game. I I didn't even realize the impact my character would have in in the game i just thought to myself oh, it's another sort of recording because you know we we don't get told what what we record for very often like you can kind mm-hmm. of piece it together sometimes um but i'm not a gamer i don't really play video games uh, i had a very small part in final fantasy 14 you know, yes. but I, I, I didn't piece it together. I didn't realize that this was another Final Fantasy game when I was recording it. Wow. So until the very end of the recording session. So, um, you know, they in the end, they were like, so Morgan and Ollie, they, they were the ones who were directing at the end of, of the uh, recording sessions. And they were like, Nina, are you aware of what this is? I was like, no, because you never told me what it is. Like, how was I supposed to know? Uh, And they were like, okay, so, you know, it's Final Fantasy 16. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I've heard of Final Fantasy. (laughs) You know, like, so naive. I was so naive. Um, And they were like, yeah, so your your character, she's one of, you know, she's one of the dominants. It's it's a big deal. Um, Yeah. And I didn't really think much more of it afterwards. I was like, yeah, okay whatever and then you know the the game gets announced the cost gets announced uh i mean no the game was announced like before that but the cost gets announced and then a lot of my cutscenes have like this preview in in february and suddenly my social medias are you know exploding with people tagging me and i'm like what what is this (laughs) and i see it's uh it's benedicta and I'm like, wow, this is much bigger than what I thought. And that was yeah. what, like, when I first realized what a huge deal it was. Yeah, I know people had been telling me, yeah, Final Fantasy is huge, but you know, it's some sometimes it's like you don't believe it until until you see it yourself. And I was kind of sure. in a bit of that mindset. I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know, we'll see. And then suddenly yeah. it explodes, and I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> That was actually a huge responsibility. And I'm so glad that I didn't know because Mm. I think that would have freaked me out in a way, kind of carrying that responsibility, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I think like a, a blessing to have walked into it blind maybe and them not having told you. And I'm kind of curious about what they explained because it sounds like everything got announced and then maybe they're like, oh, okay, so now we're going to do these press events. We're going to be doing these because you guys have been doing like it's it's almost identical to what like a uh, a main character or a series regular or a lead in a film in terms of like a press junket in a way like the way that it's being kind of treated and it seems of and, and by the way of like the highest caliber in video games like we're talking about the peak if if there's like maybe five games that sit on the peak like franchises final fantasy is one of the people at the top yeah. and it's that kind of weight in the way that games are now being um, uh, the accolades that they're receiving and the attention that they're getting. Yeah, it's tremendous. Did they? Yeah. So as as it gets announced, you're getting all of this attention. You know, you're you're seeing how big of a deal the game is. Then then do they just start coming to you with like more explanation of what the plan is and what like what is going to be in store for the future? Yeah. So. Um... It it was all very shocking and like I wasn't prepared for it at all. Um, yeah. And then Ben Starr calls me, uh, you know, we kind of got together on like a WhatsApp group with, with the voice actors and stuff. And yeah. Ben Starr, he's so ahead of the game with everything. He's been amazing with, with this whole press uh, launch and, and everything. He's just incredible at what he does. And uh, he called me, he was like, okay, so Nina... Um, there's going to be a launch, you know, we're going to do interviews. Uh, there's going to be a lot of attention coming up. So, you know, if you have any questions, like, let me know, you can call me. And he was just so supportive uh, because he kind of knew, you know, he's a huge Final Fantasy fan himself. So yeah. he knew the the magnitude of, of all of this whilst I had no idea. So, yeah, um, we kind of we get to the London launch, which was back in April, uh, yeah. and that's where the first time I meet like the marketing team uh, um, behind Square Enix, uh, yeah. and um, and they sort of laid out a plan and told me, okay, we might be going to LA. We're not sure. Like we will confirm things, and there's going to be interviews. We want you guys and like David and I uh, because we're both Norwegian. Uh, they wanted also to kind of dip into to the Norwegian market and for us to do interviews there. So uh, it all came, it was all quite sudden and I kind of just had to jump on the bandwagon uh, very mm. unprepared, you know, but uh, it's been, it's yeah. been such an amazing and uh, <sighs> Yeah, a very inspirational uh, process. I've learned so much from this. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so nice that this game is getting, like, the hype, like a mainstream sort of movie would. You know, it's it's so so nice that they're, they're uh, marketing it in that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it gives me hope for more games to come in the quality and caliber and 
the accessibility, mm-hmm. like I was saying earlier, so that more people can experience because I wasn't a, a big reader of books as a kid. I loved video games and that's kind of how I consumed story. Yeah. Like I was like, that's how I learned language to a certain mm-hmm. degree, like uh, sure. grammar and um, yeah. j- just big, big words that, you know, kind of silly me as a kid wouldn't have really been able to use. I was like, huh, that's an interesting word that they're using in this, yeah. you know, Japanese role playing game. I kind of want to yeah. use that in real life and then see what people <laughs> say. Yeah. So I think that now with the appeal that these kind of games are getting i think this game in particular will be one of those benchmark moments that people will talk about in history between bridging that the gap of people who like things like this in um television Mm. media and film media and also like games and who maybe never have played a game before in their life i think it really will be um a crossroads uh type of thing for people and i and i also wanted to i wanted to ask too uh you know, it's so funny because I was I was at the Square Enix office the day you guys were in London for something separate. I was doing uh, yeah. press wise for them, and they were okay. all like, "It was like they were like Final Fantasy 16 kind of hysteria, <laughs> mayhem type of stuff." And I was just like, "Oh, this is going to be a big deal." Uh, it was exciting, yeah. but yeah. I wanted to know because you've done, you know. Y- People may not know this, but you come from an extensive background in theater, television, and film. And was it surprising that, because I've also come from that similar background, to see that this game, and I'm sure you've done voiceover before, to see that that was kind of the thing, and not that this necessarily quantifies the experience or what matters, but from a uh, an audience appreciation perspective mm. in terms of you was it interesting to see that this voiceover video game was the thing rather than like Peaky Blinders or yeah. and I'm sure you got attention from that but in the in the colossal way that people are really receiving this right now yeah it it again like it's such a new world to me I never I never expected this from any video game that I have voiced uh, and it's so heartwarming it's so amazing I think like what we're talking about, I think video game is like the future of storytelling. You know, mm-hmm. film and TV has been has been with us for many, many years. In a way, you know, vid- the video game industry is very new, but it's already yeah. it's already beating the film industry like worldwide. It's now bigger than anything, and it's just going to continue to grow. So, yeah, um, I am both surprised, but also not surprised in a way like mm. i've i never expected to to get so much attention for a role after a video game just because you know like half of the time i don't know what it is that i'm that i'm recording like with yeah. assassin i did assassin's valhalla um assassin's creed valhalla and i could i guessed what the game was because you know we had to scream valhalla a lot like so it's obvious <laughs> you know it makes but it a little easier to <laughs> it makes it a bit easier to on. sort of understand yeah know what the game was so but most of the time I have no idea sometimes the games come out and I get a friend kind of message me being like I think I just heard your voice in this game like were you this (laughs) character and I'm like probably (laughs) you know maybe yeah (laughs) um so yeah it's it's so nice to see that a game like this which has got such an incredible epic story is getting so much attention and also what i what i personally really love about 16 is that they have a mode for beginners yes. like me so i got to oh i just heard your cat 
It's so yeah, cute. Gonna... Oh gosh, he's he's like, <laughs> he's I so want cute. to, I want to beat up the I other. I want cats. some yes. attention. Uh, anyway, yes. um, yeah, anyway, go on. It's just, they're just so cute. Um, so um, where was I? I you, started uh, thinking the, about the your cats attention. now. Oh gosh, I know, but the. Um, <laughs> Oh, gosh, these cats. The they, media they attention. They figure out a way to ruin everything. Yes, the media attention. Oh, yeah. It was... And it's a, it's a... So when you... If you're a new... Like a newbie in the video mm. game kind of world, like I am, you can still play yes. this game on like a easier mode, uh, which I got to test out at the London launch. So they... they <sighs> I, I got to play, you know, some of my own scenes, uh, which was both weird and amazing. Um in in the low kind of lowest mode so i felt like i could st i could get through the story <laughs> with just yeah. pressing one button i don't know you can you can kind of choose the levels you want but it's so nice because it introduces a a game franchise that might seem very intimidating and overwhelming for new people uh but they can dive into it fresh um, yes. So that is what's really amazing, I think, about this game. I think it's wonderful that they're creating these levels of accessibility for people. So if you want it to be more yeah. uh, difficult or complicated or, or nuanced in that way, that's wonderful. There's gamers. Everybody has different levels of the gaming experience. But the story is so good. And, and RPGs really, um, while a lot of them are focused on their action element or the gameplay element, story really is the driving force. And it's... Mm. I think it's wonderful that anybody, regardless of their experience, can f find a way to allow this to be um, enjoyed for them. And, and, and uh, even the gaming, understanding a gameplay mechanic as complicated mm -hmm. as something like this can, you know, as you can craft it to be. I think mm -hmm. that's so amazing. And, and I'm yeah. so glad that they're, they're doing that more. And we're talking about, you know, the same game, um, uh, the people who did Devil May Cry and Kingdom mm. Hearts. Like these are very mm -hmm. complex gaming systems that you can then customize to work for how whatever skill level you're at. So yeah. that's that's just really amazing. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's you so know, interesting. You never play. Sorry, I know there's like a half a delay here. So if I is, jump on you, yeah, my weird. apologies. What were you going to yeah, say? Yeah, no, no. Go for it. Go I for know. it. No, I was going to say um, it's interesting that you know uh, you never played video games and yet you have this understanding already of kind of the well maybe it's maybe it's being removed from it that allows you to uh, focus more on the acting part of it, which makes me curious to like childhood wise like what was your background um, you grew up in Norway was it you were did, were you always interested in theater and performance because I saw you went to musical theater school so when did all that get introduced to your life or were you kind of like someone who fell into it and you were going to pursue other things because you were mm. into sports or you were rambunctious like how was wh where did you find your thread to getting into musical theater at least first oh well um that sort of love for singing, I guess, started when I was like four. Um, I mm. watched an opera of Carmen. You know, the opera Carmen is like four hours mm -hmm. long. I watched the entire thing when I was four years old. Uh, and then after that, I was like to my mom, I'm going to be an opera singer. <laughs> to her detriment, it didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> I never became an opera, opera singer. Uh, but no... Um, I think I was very active like as a child with uh, theater and dancing and uh, singing piano. I play piano. Uh, so 
yeah, I think, and I loved writing stories, like storytelling to me, that's like paramount. That's my whole world. Um, mm. And I think it just so happened that I was, I was never really interested in sports. Like most of my friends would play football or handball or, you know, all of these like uh, sport, like, ball games and and I was too scared I'd rather go and you know play the piano or or sing or dance or you know um so yeah so I was I was just a very I guess artistic child always and then um and then I got cast in a musical uh in my um theater in my town um and I got cast as the leading actor. And then they wrote some reviews, like what once we had the premiere at the theater, they wrote some reviews and, and people were very complimentary. And I think that's that was when I was like, oh, shit, maybe I'm actually good at this, potentially. Maybe I should mm. sign up to like theater school or something. And, and um, I auditioned for theater schools and got in um so i went to i went to like a theater um theater high school i'd say that sure you still had all of the sort of normal subjects like maths and english and norwegian and physics and all that but then you you'd also have drama and singing and that kind of stuff and sure. um and then when i graduated from high school I had a friend who was like, Nina, you need to try to get into the like UK theater schools. They're like the best in the world or like try America or whatever. And I remember thinking that there's no way that I'll get in. Like <laughs> I, I, I can barely speak the language. Like how, how am I supposed to be able to do that? She forced me to send in an application, send in applications what? to like many schools. I got invited for auditions so i travel you know with my dad (laughs) to london and to scotland and do auditions for drama schools and i get into like three of them and i was like what the how what like this is like a dream come true um yeah but they like all of the uh, drama schools had sort of conditions where my english had to be at, at a certain level and back then it wasn't i i could barely have a conversation with people like i understood english because there's so much english media in norway you know we watch american tv series and i listen to you know english music in a way sure. um but i didn't have the practice to actually converse in the in the language so the schools were like you know we want you but you need to um, you need to do these English IELTS and TOEFL tests. They're like very specific grammar in English tests, uh, and get a certain mark. And I failed them all. <laughs> and so in the end, I just pleaded to to one of the schools. I just pleaded. I was like, please, still like admit me to to the course. I'm gonna do English lessons after you know school hours. Um, I'll, I promise you that I'll learn English very quickly. And so they, they admitted me. And then the quickest way to learn a language is to move to the country and be forced to speak it. So, you know, after six months I was fluent. Um, but it, it was a tough, it was a tough sort of, um, 
way in and a very sort of unexpected one as well. I I never really thought that I would actually work as an actress internationally and on these huge international projects. I I never thought that that was the case. Like I wanted it to, but I never believed that it was possible in a way. So I'm very grateful to my friend who pushed me uh Yasmin I'm gonna just good you know shout her name out like she yeah she was so <laughs> supportive so um yeah uh yeah and then then studied musical theater at in Scotland at the Royal Conservatory of Scotland which you know I owe so much thanks to the training I got there um it's it's the reason why my voice is the way it is now you know like we did mm. we three years of just voice technique um we did a very specific technique uh called N- the Nadine George technique which actually mm. like the first year all you do is breathing you like you learn how to breathe and you learn how to unlock sort of your inner traumas or anything that's holding you back um as yeah. a performer so I remember the first year was quite traumatic and it was like ba- basically like therapy sessions where you're unlocking your inner blockages and emotions through voice work and breathing. And then wow. it wasn't until like the second year that we started doing speech uh, and obviously it was Shakespeare and you start um, experimenting with different levels of your voice and something just happened suddenly my voice just dropped into my body and sort of resonated really? yeah it was it was crazy it was like one one uh, voice session like a voice um class and then my voice just dropped into my body and i wasn't speaking up here anymore you know like my voice was really resonating in my entire sort of like body um yeah and then after that I just had this incredible range that I had never had before. So I feel like I owe a lot of thanks to my teachers at drama school uh, because now I'm getting hired a lot to do, you know, voiceover stuff. And there's a lot of screaming. And so you, you need to have a huge range, as you know. So like, yeah, it's so important uh, to yeah. do the training uh, beforehand. And- and understanding of your instrument and how to properly and, and from a health conscious way use it. Um, yeah. It, it, the, it's interesting you went to musical theater school. So what was the goal then? Did you think you wanted to be on Broadway or the West End and musicals? Did Was TV and film still... I mean, because I'm assuming voiceover wasn't even kind of, for me, it, it wasn't like, I was like, that kind of was something that came later. Yeah. But what yeah. was the goal or the vision having come from the musical theater background? And then how did that transition into, um, I guess, getting those opportunities that eventually you, you wound up having? Yeah. So, I, you know, honestly, I didn't really have a plan at all. I just went to Scotland. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy that I got into like a musical theater school of that like prestige. Um, and I was kind of like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's go for it. The thing is, I'm not really, I'm not really suitable for musical theater. I think Hmm. there are some musicals that I've auditioned for that I probably could do, but like I sing and stuff, but I'm not, 
your usual musical theater performer at all. And so Mm. I kind of figured that out throughout my three years there that my strengths were actually in acting more so Mm. than, I mean, dancing. I can sort of dance, but I'm, I'm, I should never be hired as a dancer. And recently I did. (laughs) I did get hired as a dancer and it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. But, uh, you know. For, for what? Oh, my God. It was for oh, for a TV series. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't even want to mention it. It was so embarrassing. Um, okay. We'll, we'll avoid it. it. <laughs> <That's hysterical. laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want anyone to see this. Um, but, you know, on my CV, I have like dance on my CV, but I'm yeah. definitely not an expert. I'm not. I just, I will never do the, you know, big Broadway shows that requires like tap dancing and incredible skill. Like, I just can't do that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and my singing voice is very much sort of like poppy, a bit edgy. So as again, it's really difficult to fit me into a specific sort of category. Uh, That's like <clears> me too. I'm, I'm, right. I'm like musical theater wise for me when I was auditioning for a lot of that stuff. Like there was a very hand few ones that are like rock and roll themed where I'm like, okay, maybe I can do that, but I'm yeah. not going to do, you know, Les Mis or I'm not going to do any yeah. of that stuff. But I, I yeah. did get to see your short film because I do a, a lot of research on people and you have that one short film where it's like you on your Zoom call, right? And you're doing all that singing and, and you oh, yeah. have a great voice though. <laughs> You have a really that, great voice. Oh my god, the hashtag Frozen. Did you watch that? Yeah, Frozen. That yeah. is so funny. You watched that. That was like a little lockdown kind of thing. Yeah. No, I do sing. I do sing. I and I love singing. It genuinely gives me so much pleasure. I'm just not sure how much pleasure it gives to the listener. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but oh gosh. I will, you know, I will continue to sing no matter what. Um but uh yeah, yeah, I'm the same. It's really difficult to fit me into a specific, like to a musical theater genre. And there's some musicals that I absolutely love, like Les Mis. I would love to be able to do that. But chances are it might not happen. Like maybe one day a miracle, you know, will happen and I'll get offered a role. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, yeah, I'm more realistic than that. So, um, yeah, so I guess I kind of knew that acting was my strength. Um, yeah. and I had done some, some films and some TV in Norway before I moved to the UK. So I had some experience, um, while you were in school or was this after school? Yeah. So whilst I was at school, um, yeah. How old was I? I think my first movie, my first movie, I was 16 years old. Okay. Um, so you had an agent and a manager who got you that gig or how, no. how did you No, Okay. Yeah, no. So in Norway, it's, it's only a new thing now that people are repped by agents, but hmm. the Norwegian film and TV industry is quite small. So, you know, you kind of deal with casting directors and producers directly. Um, and everyone sort of know of each other. Um, huh. so back then I had no clue. I, you know, I was offered uh, a role in a film and then I was just dealing with contracts directly which you know I definitely didn't get a very good deal um and I'm very <laughs> grateful for my agents got now pizza. 
Yeah, I got pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Barely got paid. Um, yeah. No, so I'm definitely very grateful to have agents now because, you know, it's it's such it's a relief. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it wasn't, I didn't have an agent then. Um, and also after graduating from drama school, it took me a while to get an agent because mm. no one really knew how to place me because, because I'm Norwegian and Polish and like my, my accent was a bit stronger back then. Mm. Um, so they were like, we're not sure, like you're not kind of blonde enough to be a Norwegian, so you're never really going to be cast as a Scandi, like, a, you know, Viking. But at the yeah. same time, your accent is a bit confusing, so we don't really want to put you up for English or American parts. Um, we don't really know where to place you. Now people are getting more creative. Like, luckily, yeah. like, the industry is opening up to everyone. But back then, casting directors were very... Yes, yeah, kind of single-minded in a way, like with how how you fit a character, how you fit a part. Exactly. Yeah, so I, d I didn't fit in either at all. So yeah, mm. it took me a while to get an agent, um, and then and then I finally got an agent, someone that you know took a pun on me, and they were like, "Yeah, we we see your talent, like we kind of want to try you out." And then my first job was uh, a video game really yeah so my first job was the um game of thrones telltale game that Video was game. your first what year did that come out oh that was ages ago was that 2015 or 16 or something like that wow. um so it's been I don't... that long since that show has been out huh yeah yeah <sighs> uh and you know i got the audition, didn't quite understand what this was for. I was like, just voice, okay. Uh, and then, you know, th yeah, that was my first ever video game uh, experience and also my first job professionally in London. Wow. Um, yeah, and then after that, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you record somewhere, they keep your voice on file. So yeah. this was recorded at Side UK, which is a lovely, um, amazing studio. There's also a Side and, LA for anybody listening. So that's yeah, Side a very LA. Good company. Yeah, huge, like amazing. They record the most amazing video games, and they just kept my voice on file, and then uh, kept on getting me in for stuff like up until now, which I'm so so grateful for that. They still want to use me, even though it's been, yeah. what, like 10, oh, over 10 years now. Um, yeah, so uh, it, my, yeah, video game was like the video game acting was my first ever professional job. That's so crazy. And I mean, how full circle Nat from this stage in your yeah. life to to see that that was the first thing so when did yeah. the first like uh tv well because you said you had done tv when you were younger but what about in uk kind of the first because you had worked on some and obviously i don't really know many of the like the bbc series but i saw that you were on a very popular series that's on the bbc and then you obviously did peaky blinders like when did all of those come about and were those just mm -hmm. kind of like you eventually got your agent and you got a lucky you just kind of scored on the audition yeah basically that yeah um mm -hmm. again w which is why i'm so grateful to have an agent because they kind of they can get you in the door uh and yeah. they know how to pitch you uh so yeah i got 
you know, a very small role in Peaky Blinders, but that was kind of what excelled my career in, in, in a way. Having those credits on your CV looks really good and it opens more doors. Um, so, yeah, after Peaky Blinders, I got more opportunities, more auditions, um, very often Eastern European, so which I still get very often Eastern European roles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the pair trying... you played, I think, that you were yeah. Eastern European, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was called the midwife, uh, Eastern European. Actually, that was she was supposed to be from Hungary. Um, oh, so okay. I'm not. Sh- I'm not quite sure how much I nailed the accent, but uh, we did some accent accent lessons for that. Um, it's it's really funny. I mean, <laughs> you know, you you go for an audition, and sometimes people. I guess it's maybe difficult to hear the difference uh, between different like European accents, maybe. But mm. I've had some situations where, you know, it's it says I'm Polish on my CV. And then they're like, oh, so you, do you speak Romanian then? And I'm like, how? <laughs> I, and, you know, two separate things. <laughs> two yeah. se- widely separate things. And. And, you know, I'm not going to say no yeah. in an audition. I just want to get the parts. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure it out, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, again, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like it's part of being an actor to be able to try different accents and play different roles from different places. Like, it's it's fun for us to explore that, right? Yeah, I mean, tons of, I mean, very recently I've had multiple things where I, it's uh, various UK accents. So, you know, estuary or the North London accent. I have like a couple of things that I've been doing recently where I'm doing a British accent. And it's like imperative to me as the actor to try and like dive into the nuance. So like I'll sit on repeat and either like listen to like, um, you know, an actor that has like that same accent and or, or or various actors and just try and pick one and just yeah. get that groove and not it helps like there was a character I had auditioned for I had a, car- a callback for it recently and it was the estuary accent so I just listened to Russell Brand on yeah. nonstop yeah. because the character was kind of similar to him and then there was mm-hmm. uh there's this reality TV show where it's called it's called like something something Essex it's like uh it's a really oh yeah you know yeah 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 everything is um, Essex or something like that or <laughs> Oh yeah, I you know exactly what you mean. It's just lost, like it's it's yeah. left my brain right now. Um, I don't know your opinion like on it. Yeah, yeah, is that exactly? It's that, something that like one. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's really kind of like it's the it's the U.S. equivalent of Jersey Shore, and it's just like really yeah. uh, guilty pleasure. I'm sure yeah. for some people, reality TV. I just couldn't yeah. bear much of it, but the accents <laughs> were so authentic. And yeah. for and and then what the funny part is is I went in and I had a real freaking authentic accent and they were like it's too much. What? They were like bring they were like bring it back. They were like you sound too too much like uh, yeah that's from, so from interesting. That's so interesting you say that because I have that as well. Sometimes when I'm putting on a, like an authentic Polish accent, you know, a, mm-hmm. an authentic Polish accent will sound. 
very much like this. And sometimes words, you don't know what to say. And, you know, like it's very, very like that. And sometimes they're like, it's too much. Like no one's going to understand what you're saying. But we, 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 exactly. we, we want the authentic accent, but like bring it back so that it's like TV friendly. And you're like, <laughs> what? What do you mean? <laughs> it's, it's so weird. I know there's that weird balance. And that's it's a great lesson, I think, for people, too, is to have an understanding of those levels because like you just said there was the the note was it's too much we can't understand you and i guess that has to do with maybe if the game was being released uh primarily in uh if it was i mean maybe if it was like a situation where it was a, a uk specific thing people would understand it a lot easier but they're like from an american audience no one's gonna understand what you're saying yeah here. yeah um, yeah so it's interesting which i i mean of course i understand that like it, you gotta tailor it to the audience um it's just so funny when they say we want it to be authentic and then it ends up actually not being authentic at all yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> it's but such yeah. a weird industry it's it's yeah. i mean accents and dialects are very uh it's a huge part and i'm curious for you because yeah. um i was reading a bit or maybe i was like listening to a podcast i can't really remember because uh you know what it was i was i was doing research when i had harry mcintyre on the episode because in xenoblade oh, there was a lot of He's such a phenomenal human being, yeah. and, and, and yeah. it was a pleasure to have him. Um, and, and he's also in 16. Funny yeah, I enough, know. I'm, I'm yeah. searching for him as I play. Um, <laughs> but, like, there was a lot of people with a uh, traditional uh, American accent that were um, in Xenoblade. And they were from mm. the UK, so it was like Americans mm. living in the UK. Yeah. I'm curious for you, uh, because there, I think there are some American accents that exist within 16. Um, mm. Do you get those opportunities from a voiceover perspective um, for the games that are being kind of primarily um, done in a, an Americanized setting? Or are they often coming to you for the high fantasy UK style things? Or are you seeing a combination of, of everything? Yeah, no, uh, I I think I've only had one opportunity for an American uh, character. It's very, very wow. rare uh, for it, within voiceover. Within acting, it's different. Yeah, yeah. I get I get British, and I get I have played American roles in in TV series, but for for voiceover, it's so specific because you only you only hear the voice. So it's it's almost like you're stripped down even more as an actor because it's just your voice. So it has to be authentic. And I mostly usually get fantasy roles where it's either, you know, non-specific where I'm from um, yeah. or the specific sort of, we need we need a Viking or we need an Eastern European, we need a Russian or whatever. So I very much go for those roles uh, but I'm hoping you know I'm really hoping that it might change um because I've spent you know so many years in the UK now and I can do an, a, a UK accent uh pretty well I would say by now um yeah. but yeah it's I think it's because it says that I'm Norwegian and Polish on my CV people automatically don't give me those opportunities because they they expect me to have a strong European accent. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm hoping that might change because I would love to play more American roles. I know so many video games are are in the American accent, and there's so many video games that I, like I would love to be in. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Does that, mm-hmm. d- does it, uh, have you had the, have you had the, the thought process or have you, have you considered moving to Los Angeles because of that, uh, desire? Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like where your goals lie or where do your goals, goals lie as like, what would you, uh, like to be doing in the future? Oh, that's such a huge question. And, you know, I'm trying to figure it out myself a little bit. I try each year, I try to write specific goals like where do I see myself in five years um yeah and Los Angeles has definitely been on that list um I you know London is amazing it is really amazing I love London but I would also love you know warmer weather (laughs) being able to go to the beach (laughs) sometimes you know uh so Los Angeles is definitely on my like dream sort of wish list to to be able to live. I think I'm very privileged in that way that most of my my uh, projects take me everywhere in the world. I get to work yeah. everywhere. Like earlier this year, I was in Budapest for for ages. You know, had an apartment there, stayed there for for a while. And then before that, you know, I've lived in Sweden for for a, another series. And so I feel very fortunate that with the job, I get to travel. Um, but yeah, Los Angeles yeah. is definitely on my bucket list. Like I would love to stay there for a longer period of time. Um, and yeah, and immerse myself in the accent. I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful accent. It's so the the warm Los Angeles and, accent or the American accent. <laughs> well, all American accents. I guess all American accents. I like the Los Angeles accent actually. I like the kind of really? valley girl. Yeah, I do. I do actually. <laughs> um, I I think it sounds so. It's so melodic. It's really nice. Uh, all American it's accents. So I love. Whenever I, I sometimes like on YouTube, I'll get these videos of like um, like someone walking around the streets of like Ireland or Scotland or the UK, and they're like do an American accent, and then they always do like the the Valley Girl type of this yeah. one, or they'll do like a very deep like I'm an American and I yeah, love beer so and I do like... this and that yeah. So like that's like the always like the two caricatures of yeah. what Americans sound like. So it's yeah. funny that you find it uh, appealing yeah. to you. Right? So. I have to say I love the New York accent as well. Oh, well, that, uh, that's where my accent actually is from. I'm a New Yorker. Oh, amazing. I love it. Uh, there's an incredible musical called Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, sure. I love that musical. It's and on their Broadway accents. right now. Is it? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I think it, it might. I don't know if it's closing soon, but it's <gasps> it's definitely uh, it's on right now. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I just love that. And their accents. Yeah, amazing. If I could ever learn that accent, like goal, goal done. <laughs> I like I, that, that. That is one of my goals. Uh, but I've if not been able help, to. you need help, I'm more than willing to help. That's my, oh, thank uh, my you. backyard. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, just out of curiosity, do you usually like go for American parts? Or like you said you had some like British British accent and British roles, but do you get any foreign roles ever? Like, how is it diving into a foreign sort of accent as an American? Mm, you know, I do get primarily the, it's 
oftentimes the ones that we're seeing, it's it's like standard uh, UK, you know, RP, or they'll say uh, some sort yeah. of mid-Atlantic. That that comes along a lot for the fantasy games and stuff. Okay. The uh, World of Warcrafts or things of that nature. Every so often, we'll get I'll get things that are like um, sometimes in anime too. I'll get like Australian, right. or I'll get oh, cool. like. Um, and and sometimes in proper animation, I'll get like uh, I mean one of the hardest accents for me to do is French. I was just talking with someone about this the other day. Like that's just a very specific European yeah. accent that's tough. But um, yeah. sometimes I'll even like it, depending upon what it is. Sometimes I'll put an accent on a character even if it doesn't mm-hmm. ask for it. Like if there's no need for it, just because I know that so many like if it's a, something being cast here in the states, and I'm like everybody's gonna do a read that's just like a version of themselves but i'm like if i see this person as like a little bit of something else um whether that is eastern european or something i'll do that but it's not an overwhelming amount but there are like uh within the the state's accents all the time i'm getting various different forms of southern accents Mm. um uh midwestern new york boston Mm. uh more Californian. I a lot of the the war games ask for uh, like different dialects from the states, but right. um, really, I think if, as a suggestion to anybody acting wise, it's like if you don't have a good uh, proper RP or like um, upper class, middle class London accent or a, a Cockney accent of some sort, you're gonna miss out on because those things do come a- around a lot with these fantasy yeah. games. So it's it's That's important. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think for ed- yeah anyone, even uh, you know foreign actors as well, it's so good to just have that in the bag. I've I've found that at least. I was actually well. I think it's different now because now there's more foreign roles that are casting and people are exploring different accents and European accents more. Um, but I had a teacher tell me they were like, you know, you might not you might never work if you don't if you don't learn the rp and american accent um, really which i don't think is the case anymore at all but it's definitely no, no, it's no. really helped it's definitely really helped um because it's something I, about I think diction. It always, yeah Sorry. i think it just always helps to have more tools in your tool bag you know so yeah. it's, you have more opportunities regardless of, of what it is it's, if it's yeah. something different I mean like you said you speak uh, you know Norwegian and Polish like that's going to give you an outlet for maybe commercial or audiobook that might utilize mm-hmm. that in some capacity yeah, yeah exactly yeah and I think um, the fact that I've spent so much time with an accent teacher sort of bashing in the the RP and American it's really helped with my diction so mm. even when I'm putting on foreign accents they are more understandable, I guess, for American ears because I yeah. know the American accent in a way. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm amazing at American accent, but like, you know, <laughs> that it's it does something to your diction. So it's definitely, definitely a good tool to have, like you say, in the back. Absolutely. The clouds have come now. This is like the unpredictable weather in the UK. It's like one second it's sunny and then the other second it's pouring down with rain. So... <sighs> Yeah. You know, I haven't been and I really want to go to uh, the UK. There's like something to me about I still have this fantasy because even when I was in college, I always thought about doing like a um, study abroad at the at like RADA or something like that. I still have this fantasy of going and studying theater um, 
in the UK and just oh visiting God. and seeing if I could. Why if don't I could you hack just? It. Yeah, just do like an MA at RADA. You know, it's I. It, I'm sure you can maybe understand this. It's like uh, at this point in my career, I'm like. But I'm I'm working and I need to like ride the train mm. while it's while it's moving. But yeah. there's still like this real fantasy of doing those type of things. I mean, maybe at some point in my life, you know, who knows? It's I moved from New York to L.A. and that was terrifying because I thought yeah. I'm going to lose all the people I work with in New York. But you just oh, really? kind of do these things and it works. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when did you move to L.A. then? Right at the start of the pandemic. <gasps> really? Oh, gosh. You moved at the pandemic. Oh, no. Yeah. But Tons it's worked out. Re- I mean, it's worked out really well for you. So, I mean, kudos to you because that's tough. Well, it was it was strategic because I again I primarily in New York I was and I want to talk to you about this in a second too. I was working primarily in theater and TV and film. I was doing tons of independent film, and I was really making you know I was. I was up for a lot of series and I was testing for things and I'd done a bunch of guest stars and things. But the things that were consistently paying my bills were voiceovers. So I made mm. a move strategically to say I can still audition for things in L.A. for that type of stuff. Maybe people won't know me, but self-tapes are existing. But mm. I really want to kind of go full throttle into the VO world because that's the yeah. thing that keeps on giving. So it was it was strategic in, in that sense. Um, but to, to the point I want to ask you is I know you have done a ton of independent film you got to work on a film i mean would you consider it do you guys consider it independent film because you've also produced a bunch of your own short films and that was something Mm. that i was doing like we're um this is probably 10 questions in one here but like um (laughs) would you have considered the movie you did with idris elba to have been a an independent film and what was like Mm. um what was that life working on those things and making your own short films because that's that's so fascinating to me because it's you have your own production company and your producer so where did all that come yeah. from? Yeah. I I wouldn't consider so the Idris Elba project was called 5 by 5. Um and this was actually a scheme sort of uh created by the BBC to help up and coming talent uh be able to showcase their work. So oh, that's amazing, which is so incredible. And Idris Elba has his own production company uh, called Green Door Productions, and so he he collaborated with the BBC, where he wanted to bring more like new voices, um, like screenwriters and directors, to be able to showcase their work. And so, wow. you know, it was BBC. BBC is definitely mainstream, like it's a huge, huge um, sure. corporation. Um, but the director I worked with, she had never directed a feature film, for instance. And after this, she got her first opportunity to direct a feature film. Uh, and same with the writers. They had never been able to, or they had never written for a TV series before. And so it was like their first time to to get the foot in the door. And I thought... Like more schemes like this need to happen because there, there are so many, incre- so much incredible talent that just don't manage to penetrate through the the industry because it's so, it's so dense already, filled with amazing yeah. talent. Uh, but we still need more voices. We need new stories and new perspectives of storytelling. So, uh, I was, I felt honored actually to to be part of that because again like I wasn't very experienced back then this was Hmm. many years ago now 
think this was like 2015 or 2016, you know? Oh, so wow. to be able to meet Idris Elba was like, yeah, you know, incredible. Um, and but your acting in that film is exceptional too, at least the part that I saw on your, your reel. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a very short, like they were all sh kind of short films made into a series. And then you can also watch the short films back to back as, as like a, like an episode, I guess. Yeah, um, I had done something so, similar like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um I wouldn't call that independent. Um however, all of the films that I produced are a hundred percent independent. You know, yeah. there's no bigger company behind it. There are some independent features that are produced by, you know, amazing production companies, but I think yeah, I'm actually a little bit unsure where the line goes between independent and then sort of mainstream. I, yeah. Because, you know, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, that's an indie film. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, so that line is definitely getting blurred now for it's sure. It's getting really blurred. So, you know, I, I'm unsure. But yeah, the films that I produce, they're so independent. It's like, you know, we go through crowdfunding campaigns and... Uh, we yeah. we apply for funding through like British Film Institute and stuff like that. So, yeah, those films are really independent. And, you know, honestly, some of the best roles I've had have been in independent films. Um, of course. Yeah. So I treasure the indie, indie industry, uh, indie film so industry. Where where did you start to, when or what was the idea behind you saying, I am going to produce my own films? Because as you know, someone mm. primarily trains as an actor, I, I can't imagine many <laughs> acting schools go, okay, here's your producing course, at least yeah. you know, at the times we were, were studying. It's like, where did yeah. you kind of learn and what was the reasoning behind saying, I want to start making my own short films and submitting them to festivals? Honestly, I, I was done with waiting for the phone to ring uh, mm -hmm. and just wanted to create with my friends and and create opportunities for my friends and I to 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 play more interesting characters you know it's it's easy to be typecast and to play very two-dimensional characters in bigger bigger tv series you know uh yeah like my role in Peaky Blinders, even though that was an incredible opportunity and, you know, an amazing experience, there wasn't very much meat to that character at all. Yeah, you know, sure. and so like you get, you constantly get these two-dimensional characters. And as you know, like actors, we love, we love to dive in deep into someone's personality. Like we want, we want to, go on a journey with this character um so yeah i was kind of done with just being cast in these two-dimensional eastern european prostitutes like i always got these castings you know i was like okay i'm done with this now i can i can do more than that um yeah. and uh and i created actually a film company with a fellow actor and also director. She's a film director now, and now she works as a casting director. Um, so we created a film company and just decided to write our own stories and get like friends on board who are writers 
uh, and try to make them. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I got thrown into the producing bit because, so her name is uh, Sophia Cargom and she had been given a short film to direct. Um, she had already directed a short film before uh, and the producer on this short film dropped out because of a family emergency. And so she called me up, she was like, Nina, we have a recce tomorrow. Can you come? Like, can you, can you cover for the producer? Uh, just, you know, pretend that you know what you, what you're doing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and at the time I actually had a date scheduled with my boyfriend who just came in, in the door now, um, with my boyfriend at the time, that was supposed to be our first date and I had to cancel. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, um, uh. and, um, I went onto this recce, you know, completely blagging it, pretending that I knew what was going on. I had no, no clue, you know, that the evening before I kind of just researched what do producers, like, what is a recce? What do producers yeah. do on a recce? Um, and um, it kind of went well. And, and then, what well, is a recce? That that term is yeah. <laughs> beyond me. At this, what what is a recce? So a recce is when you scout out locations for your film. Oh, a location uh, scout. Okay, so yeah, look, basically location scouting. Yeah, I, maybe it's yeah. a British term. I don't know whether it's a British term. I've never heard um, it, so maybe maybe okay. it is. <laughs> yeah, we call it recce, and yeah, I've never heard of this. I hadn't had a, an acting job in a while, and. Oh, I was sort of like, why not? Why not just throw myself into it and learn on the job? Which is very risky uh, because you are yeah. dealing with a lot of people and money, like money that, that people have managed to gather, you know. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure, but I decided to, to do it anyway. And... Uh, yeah, so I actually learned how to produce by just doing it. And yeah. there were so many errors. I did so many mistakes, uh, almost, you know, sabotaged some of the shooting days. Like genuinely, it was, yeah, the, the responsibility, like we don't give yeah. enough creds to producers because they they pull everything together. Like what they do is a miracle. Um, so yeah, but mm. it was an incredible... Uh, learning curve and I learned so much and then after that I was like I just made a film why don't I try to make some of the films that I would like you know why don't I try to write something with people and and make it um and so after that after that I just continued getting opportunities to produce and, and you learn new things every time um I wouldn't say yeah. That I'm a very seasoned producer at all. Like, yeah, I well, when I was in New York, that was primarily a similar situation. I kind of fell in produce. I was working with another partner at the time, and we, uh, I did his. I was cast in his feature film. Long story short, I did his feature. We wound up through just wanting to work together again. Made another short film that kind of got me into this world of wanting to keep doing this. He wound up going down a different road. And then I started my own production company, did a bunch of short films, uh, did the festivals with a bunch. And then we I actually fell into producing a narrative documentary about Madonna that we wound up selling to Hulu. So I, that was like my big thing as a producer. Oh, but, my God. Congrats. Yeah, it was insane. I couldn't like it, it's called Madonna in the Breakfast Club. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on here in that way. But um, that was a huge oh that was like God. two years of my life living in New York producing and yeah. then trying to get auditions, you know. 
Oh my god! Wow, I that well done for that to produce a documentary like that and selling it to Hulu. That's yeah, that's huge. And it had narrative that's elements massive. to it as well. So we were doing reenactments yeah. that were full on theatrical scenes, right. cinematic yeah, scenes, yeah, yeah. and then also in tying. And so it was a, it was very interesting and cool <gasps> to do that. But to to your point, like uh, I, I totally understand kind of falling into that role as a as a necessity, and then you fell in love with writing from that. And now I saw something that maybe you're writing something now or you have something that you're planning to put into production yeah yeah so um i haven't i mean you saw hashtag frozen which was like a little kind of piece that i wrote myself and and put together and um there is another short film called hestia which i co-wrote with a with a friend i was trying to find Uh, that but i couldn't find it yeah (laughs) oh maybe maybe it's not online yet because we're still kind of waiting to hear back from a few festivals. Festivals, sure. But um, yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I love writing. I love creating. I'm currently, you know, in the stages of writing a mockumentary with the same writer, Fires Baksh. Um, uh, it's like a comedy mockumentary which has music in it. So it's it's like all of your um, loves. We're right. <laughs> yeah, we're writing music as well. Fires is a drill rapper. Uh, like an incredible drill rapper whilst my music is very sort of like it's more like film music sort of fantastical kind of airy you know so we're, we're trying to combine the two genres together and it's actually sounding really cool oh awesome um, so yeah, so that's in the process um I am producing another short film which someone which uh, a friend of mine called Lizzie Nunnery. She's an incredible uh, award-winning writer. Actually, I met her on a, on a different project. Uh, she's writing a script, or she has written a script in which I'm starring as a leading role, but I'm also producing this. Uh, so this is what we're filming later in November, alongside my really dear friend Rebecca King. She's directing. So that's kind of got gone ahead. We've got the green light. We're we're filming that in November. Um, and yeah, I, there's just something about creating your own projects as I'm sure, you know, Yeah, they end up being your babies. Like they, you put so much of your love and soul into it. Uh, and you know, I've got, I've got my films like up on the wall behind me. Oh yeah. Like those are the posters, you know, it, I just have so much pride and love for these films. And I know. It's so rewarding and they're not perfect. I know there's there are so many faults in every single film that I've produced. <laughs> but yeah, I see but, every fault in everything I would have changed every time I watched yeah. one of my own things, yeah. Yeah, but still you just treasure them with your whole being. So it is a definitely a source of creativity and work that brings some of like the most joy to me in my career. Yeah. Um, and I intend to continue. Yeah. Wow. I really want to uh, kind of dive into uh, producing a feature film. Heck uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully next year. So yeah, that's the goal. 
That's the goal. Best of luck. Break legs on that. It's so I, I, I've, I've gone down that road, and I know it's 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 very rewarding. A lot of hard work, but I definitely wish you the yeah. the best of luck. It's it's it'll be amazing. I would love to see your your films. Oh, I would love yeah. to see them. Yeah. No, I can. Can I'll, you send me links? Yeah, I can send you links to both of them. Um, and I'll, I'll send you links to mine. Heck yeah! Please, please, I would love to see them. Yeah. Um, I spent a good deal of my morning looking for them, so it'll have work will not have paid <laughs> off. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you if you don't mind if you have a, a couple more minutes real quick please I would love to yeah, just yeah. talk quickly because a lot of people who listen to this podcast know of me and this podcast through the love of these video games and stuff and I would love to just quickly talk about Benedicta and your process yeah. uh, for things and a little bit deeper in toward terms of, of what happens in the story again without spoilers here um, mm. th- there, there are moments in this game where you truly and like you said uh, you want to make your own thing so you can have these really kind of fulfilling performances and I feel like I have to imagine that that was a very fulfilling role because you really go through so many emotions and uh, without again saying spoilers here there is a fight scene where we get to see you um, really express yourself I'll say it that way it's it's very raw and it's very real and it's you know it's a full character arc in this one scene and I just wanted to know about maybe your either process with that or kind of did you um what did you have to do to prepare for those type of scenes for Benedicta? Mm. So um, it's funny because people, a lot of people ask me that, like, how do you get into the emotional state of, of these like very impactful high stake scenes? Um, and my answer is maybe a bit like, maybe a bit boring, but I've come to the point now, I feel like in my, in my career where I can turn it off and on. Yeah. Like, uh, and I have to give thanks to my training again, you know, and, and also just learning on the job as an actor, you know, get, being given various characters in TV and film, you learn so much on the job. Um, and before it took me a while to get into certain emotions, like I needed to take, you know, a day off. Like if I knew that I was shooting a very hard scene the next day, the day before, I was a nightmare. So, but now I think I've come to the point where I don't necessarily need that sort of emotional prep anymore. Yeah. Uh, I can kind of turn it on when I get in, um, which was really handy for uh, Benedicta because I was only sent the scenes a few days before. Yeah. You know, as as you know yourself, they're so secretive about uh scripts so they only hand it out to you sometimes like the day before the recording yeah um so my prep was actually to just stay as open and receiving and giving as possible Mm. to kind of go into the go into the voice booth knowing that i need to be prepared for anything um so yeah just to be just to be like to have my emotional register available yeah. there and then. Um, so yeah, my my preparation was very quick like that because yeah, I'd get sent the scenes the day before and I kind of had an idea. Okay, we, we might we might have to go into high stakes here. So um, yeah, and then what was amazing was that 
we had so much time to explore all of the scenes. Mm. And this is the first time in a video game that I've experienced having so much time and and for them to be so generous with uh, giving me the opportunity to explore. So, you know, we we try the scenes many different ways. And I also had the power to say, guys, I didn't like that. Can I try again or can I try it a different way? Mm. Um, and as you know, many times it's just give us the line in two different ways. And then you kind of jump to the next line. Yeah. Um, so you don't have you don't have time to prep. But most of the prep that I did, actually all of the prep that I did was in the booth already with the performance directors and Koji uh, on the line. Um, so... It was uh, an amazing experience, a very cathartic experience uh, wow. many times. Was it, um, uh, sorry to interrupt, yeah. was it, was it a, how, how much of it was like mocap, pcap, and how much was it just being in the booth? Ooh, um, we did, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to like remember back now. Yeah. Uh, we started, we started mostly without the i think we did most of the face face capture like later on mm. um but all of the scenes were face captured you know yeah. all of all of us did face capture so yeah um all of the scenes i guess we did with face capture yeah uh and then i guess with the with the impact stuff you know we did a few sessions that are only impacts, mm-hmm. only so, sort of shouts and kind of um, uh, fighting uh, things. The reactions, what do you call sure, it? Yeah, the uh, effort, reactions, efforts and yeah. reactions. Yeah, efforts. Yeah, efforts. Um, so you know, we do like two hours straight with just efforts. Mm. Uh, that doesn't really need the the face capture for it. Sure. Um, yeah. Did you get but to record with your, was... your partners at, at any, any point in time? Was there any cast no. records or because it was COVID, right? I was so disappointed because I didn't get to record with anyone. Yeah. I know Ben recorded with Ralph and Susanna. Mm. So they did some like ensemble recordings. Um, but I was always left to myself. I was always left alone. Um, and very often, actually, I was one of... I think many times I was the first one to record my scene. So I didn't even have, you know, Rolf's voice or sometimes Ben's voice to react to. So I had Morgan and Hannah and Ollie sort of reading in the lines for me, the, the directors, yeah. sorry, the directors would read in, you know, Clive's voice or like Hugo's voice. Um, and... Yeah, it was really funny, especially the scenes with Hugo without spoiling anything. But you can imagine that was just, it was really hard to keep a straight <laughs> face. Um, uh. And uh, yeah, so uh, most of my time with Benedicta was on my own mm. in the booth. Um, but in a way, I kind of loved that. Yeah, yeah, and you also kind of set the pace for everybody else, I feel like. So that's kind of a big responsibility that you would not have known um, about, but you really are, assuming they put your voice in for what they were doing, you're informing a lot of the choices that they would have made. And you, as the first, you know, first on site, you have to kind of like 
do a little bit of your own imaginative crafting of what is because so, and, and listen bless everybody who is a reader and they do these things and the voice directors and they and they do their best jobs yeah. but it's it's it is a different experience than having somebody <laughs> yeah. giving you the nuance of a, of a you know a seasoned yeah. actor and uh so it, it that says a lot more to me about your performance and how good it is and uh i think particularly about a scene and again without spoiling here there's a scene between you and sid um it's a little bit later on, mm-hmm. but there's a, I mean, mm-hmm. it's where you kind of hear about Benedicta's um, motives and story, uh, yeah. story and, and they, it's, a, it's a little bit of like, I think one of the, the a, a line that's said, and this is without a, a spoiling, it's like you say, um, I'm going to use my talents to my advantage, you know? Mm-hmm. I believe that's the way yeah. it's, it's said. And that whole like yeah. back and forth speech in that area, it's... I, I mean, I would have sworn that that was recorded back to back with you two. You know what I mean? The no, way that wasn't. that plays off each other. It wasn't. No. Yeah. Uh, it it actually wasn't. That scene is out. Like that cut scene is out on YouTube. It was one of the scenes that they used for the previews. I think oh. back in February. Oh, great! We can talk about it then. Um, great. <laughs> yeah, so we can actually talk about that one. But yeah, I think I just wanted to give Benedictus full truth. You know, like. And and again, I have to give so much creds to the team because half an hour, like for half an hour in the recording session, they would just tell me what was going on. Yeah. They'd be like, okay, this is what's happening in the game. Um, so they informed me a lot on what was happening to Benedicta. I did get like a character brief with, with her background and history, mm-hmm. which I very much kept in mind when when sort of forming her character um but yeah in the booth I was very much left kind of to myself so you you kind of just have to imagine someone that you might know or you know I can't say that I've been in her situations whatsoever but you can you can still kind of correlate her experience to something that you might have experienced and kind of use those emotions so To me, the most important thing was just to speak her truth as authentically as I could in the sessions. Um, and I think I think maybe that's also why it cuts really well together because everyone speaks their character's truth so well. Yeah. And and the script has been written really well uh, to for it to flow in the end after they've you know pieced it together. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of respect for the developers who basically edit this together at the end. Uh, I have to thank them, you know, (laughs) for, for making, yeah, my performance shine that way. It's, Um, that scene is one of my favorite scenes and it's because it's, uh, and what I think is, it will exist again. I haven't beaten the whole game yet, but I think it's kind of what exists throughout the story is you see these people fighting for their position in this really messed up world. And, uh, Mm. to see your character. And I guess if that scene is out, this is not a spoiler in, in this way that like you are trying to position yourself in the in the most advantages like the most advantage way the most advantageous what yeah. is the word whatever the word is the most uh, well yeah whatever the way is she has to use 
Now, what she's saying, she has to use her talents to her advantage to be able to stay at the top like she does. Yeah. You know, she's leading an ent- a huge kind of, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Um, she's leading a group of intelligencers, like soldiers. Yeah. She's at the top, you know. She needs to assert her power in some way and... You know, women and men have different talents. Like we, we have different ways of using our power. Yeah. Uh, and sexuality is definitely a way that women can use their, like, use their sexuality to to their advantage. And she, she is unafraid to do that. Yeah. She knows that it's gonna give her, like, a certain level of power. Yeah. Um, which I really love because. She's not just this sexy dominatrix, you know, many, many, she kind of might look that way, but there's so much more to her. Oh, there's so much more to her story and to her objectives. Um, so, yeah, she's very powerful in many ways. Um, and, yeah, she's unafraid of her sexuality as well, which, yeah. which I personally think is is amazing it's very powerful and i think that what sid says in that scene is like uh you know i used to think or you said you always said you wanted to be free and it's like the choices that benedicta has made and and makes is because this became the only route of doing this as a as a dominant Mm. you know these characters in the story largely if you don't know this by now there's people who have magic and they're experiencing essentially slavery and your benedicta is choosing like, I just want this, and it's not working the way I want, so how can I get this? And there's, that's why it's very, there's a very clear goal of your character, and it's not just like, oh, I'm only going to do this one thing. Throughout the story, we see many different ways. It's why I was always surprising every time yeah. your character, as far as, you know, I've gotten, yeah. every time you pop up on screen, I'm like, what, what, the, I'm like, what, what? I'm like, yeah. hang on, yeah. what, what is, and that's kind of really enjoyable from a storytelling perspective, and I'm sure as uh, mm. the actor to constantly be thrusted into these uh, different yeah. p- positions where you're positioning yourself. Yeah. I always talk about how I love how unpredictable she is. There's never a, a dull moment with her. Um, and yeah, I'm, I am genuinely, I really hope that players get to see like the deeper, deeper side of her. Um, I wish that there was more. I wish that she was, that we got to explore more. Yeah. Um, but I think... DLC? Hey, this, maybe a DLC? DLC, Pretty yeah, cool. like, hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, because she is very complex and, and very... Yeah, she's she has a very interesting background. Yeah, uh, which shapes her. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really great game. I highly recommend people play. There's a demo, which uh, gosh, if you haven't gotten to that at this point, I like it's in the the, the demo will wreck you. I left that demo <laughs> with my jaw dropped. Um, lastly, here quickly, Nina, before I let you go, you've been so generous with your time. Um, in Final Fantasy 16 specifically, was there a moment of maybe um, insecurity, doubt, or reward that you had while uh, recording? Probably all of them, you know? I always have some insecurities and some doubts and definitely a lot of reward. I think there were... I mean, the, the reward... I guess in itself is how amazingly well the game has done. And the reviews are incredible. Ben and Rolf and Susanna and um, 
Dave, I mean, David and I, we go, we go way back now because we're both fellow Norwegians, but, uh, it's just been such a rewarding process to meet everyone. Um, and to be able mm. to do this press with everyone, um, I've learned so much from, from them and, uh, it continues, you know, like we're, we're now creating another level of camaraderie. Can I say that camaraderie, friendship, you know, and, and there's so many things happening um still yeah um which we're all part yeah. of uh which is so amazing i'm so grateful um with the doubt and insecurity you know sometimes sometimes i guess you go out of a session and you're like oh, did i give it justice did i do it justice you know yeah, exactly. I think I think there's something you can't escape that well, as an actor. I've had, I think I've we had always one of those this week. For better things, <laughs> you know. We're we're perfectionists, and we never manage to to reach the perfection, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, there's been some moments of doubt where I've been like, yeah. oh, maybe you know, maybe I could have done this differently. Uh, insecurity. It was quite quite daunting before the game release. I was definitely a little bit nervous, um, you know, didn't know, didn't quite know how it would be received, how Benedicta would be received. Um, so I experienced some insecurities leading up to the launch, but, you know, all in all, it's been an incredibly rewarding process. And one of the highlights in my uh, career as a as a voice actor in video games, like a hundred percent. So yeah, uh, I'm extremely grateful for being part of it. I'm, I'm extremely grateful to you and the team for casting this game so amazingly and making the experience like, uh, I, like I said earlier, my, I've been, when I'm not playing the game, I'm thinking about like wanting to play the game, which to wow, me is like amazing. a wonderful indication of like yeah. how good it is. Like I just really want to exp because I'm I'm streaming the game while I play it, so I'm very specific. I'm not like I can't just play it like when I'm just on my own. Although like I'm trying to figure out a way of getting like some sort of like that that PlayStation portable thing that they're just mm. just I'm like please come out with that so I can play it on the go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's but it really is a great game. The performances are astounding. Your performance is exceptional, and uh, it, it's been one of the highlights of getting to play the game as much as I have right now. I truly have been uh, inspired, and it's been gratifying as not only a consumer. Of somebody who loves these games and is extremely, extremely critical of them, but also as a fellow actor to admire your performance and everybody else's, it's truly uh, breathtaking. So, uh, kudos and thank you and congratulations on on everything. Thank you so much. You know that means so much coming from you. You know you're even even more seasoned seasoned than I am in in like voiceover, and uh, it genuinely means so much hearing that from you um so thank you so much and thank you so much for having me on your podcast uh and for creating this content and i'm so excited to see your films uh and oh. and you know i i'm not a gamer so i most likely 
will not have played the games that you've been in. Um, but I'm, you know, <laughs> no but I'm, star- I'm starting I with... I haven't played them all either. <laughs> but I'm starting with 16. I, I have promised a lot of people that I'm going to play it myself. Maybe stream it. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. Um, you should. That would be so fun. I, I would know. love that. I know. It's just such a time commitment, you know? like I, It is. It's not easy. Yeah. I travel all the time everywhere. So I just need to find you know, the time to sit down and do it. Um, But maybe, you know, this will lead to me playing more video games. And in that case, if it does, I'm so excited to hear your performances in all of the Uh games. (laughs) <laughs> that's very very kind uh and it, i truly i don't say it because i have to i say it because i i want to and i and i mean that that's the reason why i wanted to have you on the show i was just uh having played it i was like i i, I gotta get nina to come on here and talk about this Aww. and it's uh it's been a real gift so thank you for your time uh congratulations on everything i can't wait to see more of what's to come um is there any uh social media wise i believe it's your name and you pronounce yeah. it nina indus right yeah it's that's yeah how you perfect it yeah nina okay. indus yeah it's at nina indus yeah okay all so of my social media handles anything yeah all of my social media Great. handles are oh, the so same everybody please Great. So everybody, please go and uh, give Nina a follow. And and if you haven't played 16, you need to. Um, Like I said, get that demo downloaded because it will hook you. It will destroy you in all of the great ways. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. It really was a pleasure. Seriously. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And just like that, that is our episode with the fabulous Nina Indus. Uh, I, I truly mean it when I said that I was playing this game and the second I saw her performance, I knew I had to have her on. Um, it's so crazy how this type of game can introduce you to a whole new way of experiencing story. I really feel like it's following in the footsteps of great games like The Witcher and combat styles of things like Devil May Cry. But uh, really a story that I think is universal and also uh, appreciative by fans of fantasy and, and RPGs. I was, I, I, it's just such a good story and it, it really pulls on your heartstrings and it makes you want to root for people and it's got cute dogs. And uh, her character, Benedicta, is, is absolutely a standout highlight. Um, I can't recommend it enough. And she is just a, an amazing, wonderful person who I can't wait to see and hear more of. Um, uh, I, I, I can't wait to watch the rest of her films. And I'm just going to be rooting on, rooting for her on the sidelines. Uh, it's As actors and creators, it's always inspiring to see people try out new things and to make their own content and find... Uh, I know she started off doing video games, which is kind of funny, but this like newfound um, popularity and success through video games, and I hope that it just kind of continues from there. I'd love to see more. Uh, thank you all for watching and listening. More episodes every week um, when we can, and we will. And um, make sure you're following, liking, and subscribing. Leaving us comments in the videos, what you liked, what you didn't like, um, when and where I should get haircuts, because that's what I'm going to do next. I'm going to go get a haircut. So I guess that comment doesn't make any sense. But you can let me know what you think about it um, in the next episode, I suppose, because the hair will be different. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Really appreciate you. Much love, much love, much love. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.